Ladies and gentlemen, it's an action-packed space episode on a spaceship in space with a space monster, and we're going to discuss it all right now. This is Who's Raven On with me, your host, Who Am I? <laughs> I can't believe it's taken me five weeks to get to that joke. I'm Natalie Bohensky, and with me as always is my podcasting partner in time and space. I, I meant to say in crime and space. Uh, so that, yes. that didn't really work mm. out. But if you can go back in your mind and edit that in, yes. my podcasting partner in crime and space, it's very funny. Very funny. Uh, just a very funny joke. Well written. Excellent. And well, well put together. Mm-hmm. Stu. Hello. How's your week been? Oh, look, it's been great. Yeah. Wonderful. All the better for watching an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you saying that sarcastically? Uh, not entirely sarcastically. Uh, well, can I just start off by saying that I haven't read a lot about this episode. No, neither have I. But I heard, I, I saw a couple of Facebook things fling past people mm. going, oh, I was disappointed. And something about, oh, this episode has gotten a bit of hate. But yeah. then the most telling thing is when both Dan and Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast separately messaged me to say that, well, first of all, Greg messaged me. Right. um, And then later on, Dan messaged me. Yes. Independently of each other. Right. So um, Dan is very famous for liking stuff that other people don't like at all. That's right. He tends to have a contrarian view. Disliking popular stuff. So say the Avengers movie, everyone loves it. Dan hates it. Yeah, sure. Um, Not in a deliberate way. No, no, no. That's the way his tastes run. His tastes seem to run polar opposite to, you know, the the majority, you know. It makes it fascinating to talk about Doctor Who, like we did a couple of weeks ago. We did. We'll have to have him on. Anyway, so, so Greg messaged me to say, I saw that a lot of people didn't like this episode, so I messaged Dan to see if he liked it, and right on trend, he liked it. (laughs) Right on cue, he liked it. And then later on, Dan messaged me to say, Greg messaged me to ask if I liked this episode of Doctor Who, because everyone else had hated it, and I did like it. So I knew from that exchange. But did Greg like it? Uh, I think what Greg said was it was fine. It was an episode. Not super keen to rewatch it, but Greg, Greg and I are basically a hive mind. I don't understand how this happens, but we have like where we say like Dan is the opposite of everyone. Yeah. Greg and I are almost entirely in lockstep yeah, yeah. with our taste. It's very spooky. Mm. Uh, yes, but yeah, very, very, mm. very similar taste. Yeah. It's very so strange. that's how you felt. Yeah. No. No. So I, I thought. This was such a fascinating episode. Yeah, why? Because all of the ingredients were there for a A plus all time great Doctor Who episode, and it wasn't. And I can't <laughs> quite put my finger on why. And I think it was. There's no big reason. There's just a lot of. Little... You don't think it's the cutesy alien versus a malevolent? I, can I? Can I? I say, mean, it wasn't malevolent, but cutesy alien. There is. There is a level of cynical like marketing. In that alien, like you can absolutely, it will absolutely be everywhere come Christmas time. Oh yeah, I expect fully to buy one. But I love be that. Given I one. love that little thing. Yeah, like it's fantastic. I know. What a great little. What a because great little. Because as I creation. say in my recap, it's well, it's two things. First it's of all, Nibbler from it's Futurama. Nibbler from Futurama. That's why I, I was watching the episode yeah. and I texted Greg mm-hmm. and went, "So this whole episode is basically Doctor V, the, <laughs> the Nibbler from Futurama." He's like, "I didn't even think of that." Except Nibbler eats breathing things. This thing ate non-breathing things. Yes, exactly. Um, and this thing also doesn't poop out uh, dark matter. Or no, true. It it's not. It's not useful in that sense. But no. so it's basically cute but cranky. You can't touch it. Yeah. And it wants to eat all the time. Yeah. So essentially, it's a cat stew. It's a cat. Yes. Uh, they're dealing with a ragey cat. Yeah. And so for me, I was like, well, that's fine. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Why the big deal? You've got four of the things. Yeah. Three. Three now. Three. Sorry. Yes. Three. Yes. One got adopted Absolutely. earlier this year. I forgot about that. But uh, you know, still, I've got three of them. They totally. only had one to deal with. <laughs> Just like give it some some toys to play with. And, That's right. You give know, it a mouse. Somewhere to put. It won't eat the mouse. It'll yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it was, yes, it was a, now, second question I had. So if you've read my recap this week. It was also, people People have compared it a lot to uh, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, a, see, I've never very, seen that. very, very reminiscent it? of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sort of a little cute thing that's actually like a super weapon. Like, right. Yeah, it's very... Very similar. Well, I, in this week's recap, didn't sort of traditionally recap the way I normally do, is I just basically was left after the episode going, but why? (laughs) But but why? And I just, I didn't feel like there was enough to really kind of get chunky into because the the team TARDIS didn't Mm. really do a huge amount. 
No. So I didn't feel necessary to kind of go, and then this happened, then this. So I just went, I'll just ask all these questions that That's I it. have and, and see if anybody else asked the same yeah, questions. Absolutely. And so the, the one of the main ones for me was like, was it called the Pating? The, the Pating? It, it's literally called the Pating. The Pating. It, it's called P-T-I-N-G. Pating. I did not get that. No, I only that was got one it. Of the- I only got it when reading like about, like on the internet later. Ah. It was like... Everyone's like, pating, pating, pating. I'm like, okay, well, either they're being very onomatopoeic about like some yes. weird like gunfight or that's, that's what it's called. Well, yes. I, exactly. Cause I just sat there writing down every permutation of yes. the word that I could try and spell. So you'll see that in the recap. There's a lot of that in this episode. Like people's names just get thrown out there well, that, and it's like, um, Atlas what and are they Marbly called? And yeah. Yos, Vos, Tos, Yeah, they just, Lacrosse. they're just like, yep, that's, that's. It was it was like the alternate universe where bogan names have taken over the universe. <laughs> well, I'm someone sorry. does get called avocado, which which is this, basically apple. That's like that's, come on, <laughs> yeah. And and then the fact that he they said oh Ryan or Graham, and he went huh, there'll be a laughing stock. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's like the calling, future. You're calling your kid Gary now or mm. something. But I, I have a personal bugbear, and I do apologize to anyone out there listening who does have a child or a person in their life who has a ridiculous name. But I'm sorry. Yes. There are so many ridiculous names now. Well, there are. Just the strange spellings mm. and the random extra letters that don't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, or the or the just invented names mm-hmm. or the cross-invented names mm. or the surnames being used as first names that's just getting way out of control. And what really bugs me is that they don't go back to first principles and like construct a name out of like language parts. They just come up with something that sounds interesting. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the worst part about it is that you are going to have to... People will get cranky at you for misspelling their name. Mm. It's like, well, how am I supposed to know that your name, Christina, was spelled K-Y-S-T-Y-N-A-H? <laughs> how was I supposed to know that? Or how was I supposed to know that Alephina Mepiphody is... is <laughs> how would I spell that? I can't spell that. So I Whatever just, it is, it's pronounced through it, Wobbler Mangrove. Yeah. Mm. I Look, there are names that are cultural and have reasons to be there. Sure. But then there are just weird, inventive yes. stuff. And my prime argument against it, Stu... Mm. And I'll tell you why I don't like it is because people say the following. They say, yeah. well, I was one of seven Jennifers in my class. So I don't want my kid to have to be this, have the same name as a bunch of other kids. Oh yeah. Well, how many Jacksons with an X are there out there now? <laughs> and yes, there's always been popular names and names trend and every second kid's called Oliver now and every second girl's called Olivia and but also, but most it, but kids are very happy being the seventh of eight Jennifers in the class. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it's if you not, can spell it. Yeah. And also, I kind of feel like giving your kid a name that's so hard to spell and unique because that give you know, it's, it's not a substitute for helping them develop a personality. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And I just don't think we're ever going to have a prime minister of this country called, you know... Brianna Janmay or and I'm sorry to be discriminatory because there's been studies showing that people discriminate against those names I'm one of those people I'm a horrible person I'm discriminate everyone should be called John or Mary if or whatever podcast, culturally relevant version it is sure. you know if this podcast has established nothing else it says you're a horrible person it's true yeah it is true I'm just I'm owning it. I've got to own it Otherwise, I'm just going to get called out on Twitter totally. and then my life will be turned upside down and John Ronson will have to do a documentary about me it's coming. Uh, he's the butterfly effect podcast yes, I, guy, yes. mm. man who stares at goats. What's that other one he did? Psychopath test and the the bullying one. So you've been publicly shamed. Ah, that's, yes, yeah, that's that's, that's what why you're I'm mentioning yeah. his, his name. Anyway, <laughs> nothing I would like more than to have John Ronson do a very delicately voiced podcast about me. He's got this very nervous, crackling sort of English accent. <laughs> I'd love that. Well, the thing about Natalie that's so strange is she could be a nice person, but instead she chooses to rag on people's names for their babies. <laughs> There's just no need for it. Anyway, where were we? Stupid name, alternate reality. Yes. Where also men have babies. And one of my big problems this episode, mm. Stu, is the fact that this guy got a relatively pain-free birth experience. I saw you... Com- yeah, in your recap, you complain about this. Uh, which... I don't think that this is necessarily like something conscious that Chris Chibnall has done. Because Chris Chibnall wrote this episode. He's written like four out of the last five, I think, or something ridiculous. Well, he wrote the first one and then co-wrote Rosa. Yes. And then this one, I think. Yeah. So so he's written a big chunk of this first stretch. 
and he's overseen the rest of it. He, in, in this, these episodes so far, they've been doing this thing where they just lower the stakes unnecessarily. Mm. There's no reason for this to be relatively painless for this yeah, person. Yeah. There's no reason. There's no story reason. In fact, it would be better yes. if he was in a bit of pain. Yeah. But they go, oh, actually, no, it's fine. He's not in that much pain. It's yeah. not going to hurt that much. He has no nerve endings in his birthing sac. His birthing sac. Or whatever it was. So it's fine. Which is more science than Junior threw at that. We've evolved. But anyway. yeah. we've, we've, <laughs> but, they've evolved. Men have evolved to give birth. So to th- other he's men. an alien. Like, this is the thing. It's an MRA dream when you think about it. This is the second Men can episode. just have other men without women. <laughs> MRAs out there. This one's for you. This is your future. <laughs> I feel like they don't want to cut out women entirely from that process. That's that's a whole other thing. No, but once the robots get to the point of view of like the robot that the general had. Well, that's well, that's true. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Um, but there's no. Um, yeah, he's just having a baby and just, having a bit of a hard time coming to terms with being a father. Yes, exactly. Which you know you probably would if you had got pregnant and then had a kid a week later. <laughs> Probably would be a bit of an emotional time. But that's that's kind of the nub of a, an interesting thing that's happening in this episode, yeah. which is it very deliberately is inverting all of the gender roles. Yes. Right? So that's the, the Rosetta Stone for it. Obviously, like, the dude is pregnant. But then that drags in Ryan yeah. and Graham. He's like, I've got to have men with who me. Who have to be my, there yeah. and be nurturing and help him through yeah. his birth. Yeah. Right? Uh, whereas the doctor and the, the general are like the action heroes who are saving the day. Yes. You know, and there's there's this very deliberate and it has to be deliberate, um, inversion of gender roles in this, in oh, this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of undercut, except not, by the interaction the doctor has with the male doctor at the start of the episode, who is then killed. Oh see, I saw him as a nurse. Well, are they, Isn't that ner- weird? are they nurses or are they I, doctors? Like medics. I just saw them as medics, but I, I guess, saw them I as nurses like, because yeah, they're, so they're like, like, he said, our job is just to keep you alive until you can get treatment. So I guess they're like, yeah, they're like paramedics. So I guess. I guess I, yeah, like a nurse or a paramedic. That Does that mean that I'm devaluing nurses? Because if you're a nurse Absolutely and listening, not. I'm not. I just, but what I found interesting is mm. that I saw both the man and the woman as nurses, like as nursing staff. Well, like many things waiting about this to episode, take you- it's extremely confusing. Yeah. Uh, as to what. <laughs> well, we haven't really talked about the plot, which is no, pretty yeah. simple. They're on a junk planet for some reason. Sure. Why not? Metal detecting for $2 <laughs> coins or something. Uh, they get Sonic Mind up. Yep. And this this didn't make sense to me. So they, some, never explained. I, I don't know what a sonic no. mine is, but assume it affects you sonically. I guess. Um, but in the same way that the sonic tele- screwdriver, it seemed is to be a, a teleport, but it wasn't because they got well exactly. And that was a weird cut where they the, the, the thing goes another off. weird cut where yeah. they don't show what actually happened. The with thing the, goes yeah. off, and then they're like, "Oh, but actually, you've been on this ship for four days. Yes, and we're traveling in deep space." It and the doctor and the doctor is the most severely affected, which yes, is the only for no reason that is ever well, explained. The only reason they that, could have just said because her like time lord more, physiology, you've yeah, got more organs, you've got more organs around, to like, yeah. That's that's what I drew <laughs> from that. But I also think, well, if it's a sonic mine, shouldn't she? She's more used to being around sonic activity, I wouldn't suppose. you think? But then she's later on going, oh, it hit me really hard. So, obviously, that's why she's being a bit of a jerk, going, no, I've got to get back to my ship. I've got to get back to my ship. So, what actually happened to them? What was the effect of them? It's like, it's this The the most he said was that it messes with your internal organs. So, So you get wandering uterus, Stu. You get wandering uterus, (laughs) is what happens. That old standard, wandering uterus. That's what happens to women. (laughs) Your uterus goes for a bit of a walkabout and you go crazy. Yes. That's 19th century science for you. Absolutely. Um... There might be some commentary in there that we we missed, but yeah, um, exactly. The, uh, does it liquid like, like like does it like physically rearrange your insides? So maybe like, it's like flubber. You get flubberized you get for flubberized. a bit, and then you bounce back, and everything has to just jiggle back. Uh, like I get it; it's a MacGuffin, but it just it's one of those it's one of those things. It's about frustratingly, the, it, yeah, it's very vague in a way that the show hasn't really been vague up until this point, I think. Yeah. Because the show's been brutally, like, efficient. Maybe about- they had her waking up last because remember in the first episode? No, second episode when they turned up in space. They yeah. got, like, sucked out, um, rescued yes. in space. And the doctor Yaz, was up I think. First. Yeah, the doctor yeah, was up first. Yaz so maybe up it's to sort of show that she's not always. That. Or she's not always. 
Well, there was definitely a lot of undercutting of the Doctor in that initial sort of mm. sequence to the point where she has to sort of accept that this, you know, she's she's on autopilot basically yeah. going, okay, I've got to get back to the TARDIS, I've got to get this, I've got to do this. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, 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 you're not helping right now. And you don't know where you are. You don't know where you are. trying to tell you yeah. that you're not on a ship. That's it. Like we, you know, in a base. You're... Yeah, you're on a ship. The thing is, though, to me, that looked exactly like a ship. Like yeah, I, that wasn't. I never had. I never. I was like, why is she confused? It's clearly a spaceship. It's clearly a spaceship. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I guess it's just years of conditioning of what spaceships look like on well, TV. Well, that's right, and it's a very well designed spaceship. Like you know, I thought it looked really good. I would have thought a hospital would just have more things. Yes, exactly. It looked like a a vessel. Yeah. Like, it didn't look like a building. Yeah. And. They had too many corridors, too many winding corridors. Well, that's Doctor Who. Yeah, that that is true. (laughs) But yeah, like it just... It's the Ikea of TV shows. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Just corridor after corridor. (laughs) And wobbly props. That's it. Although not not wobbly props. This looked great. This looked really, really good. Yes, I thought the production design on this episode was fantastic. Yeah. It was amazing. And the little pating, like, genuinely looked pretty good. Like, it could have looked really bad. Yes, it could have looked like the Slovene. Well, it could. Well, it could have even looked the, like the adipose, like back. Oh in the, yeah, back the adipose. The day, you know? They were cute. The little, well, they were cute. If, look, if someone can come up with that actual weight loss system, please. <laughs> I'd Where take your the fat risk. Literally, just walks away. That yeah, would be if someone could do that, twenty-one mm. days, twenty-one kilos, I'd be on board. Yeah, please. Very happy <laughs> to risk potentially being what were they like liquefied or something? People I think just, people just eventually just, like yeah. Yeah, they all turned into adipose. Yeah, I'll risk it. I'll risk it. It's worth it. That's the level that I'm at. <laughs> I've tried everything else. So alien adipose babies is mm. it. But like production design is through the roof this series. Like last last week we had amazing looking giant spiders. This week, like, it's pretty good, the pating. Like it's obviously a CGI thing, mm. but it looks good. And it looks you know, when it, it, it looks has scary. character. It has character and mm. it looks scary when it needs to look scary and it looks cute when they obviously wanted it to look cute. Like at the end where it had a big full tummy and it was just sort of floating Big away. happy smile Big happy space, smile. yeah. That's fine. That's great. I love that stuff. Like that's not a negative for the episode for me. But is it intelligent or is it an animal? Yeah, there's not a lot of... it's. Well, that's why the Doctor kept asking that question, what does it want, what does it want? Because and then she eventually in, realized... the, in the first bit of the movie, of the, of the episode, it jettisons one pod as a diversion to get them to a different pod which it then jettisons and effectively kills that guy. Now, mm. did it kill that guy? That's right. That's what I don't... The episode doesn't answer that question. It doesn't answer that question. I didn't even put that in the recap. Um, I'll have to add it in. But um, <laughs> the, but it's again, seems to be a sort of like abrogating agency of the creatures. Mm. Like last week with the spiders. Oh, no, it wasn't their fault. And this week, oh, well, it's just this creature that goes through space eating yeah. everything organic to chew up energy. That's it. Well, maybe... It shouldn't exist. I don't know. It's quite dangerous. Yeah, it like, sounds like it's quite dangerous. Sounds like if it came to a civilized like planet, it would very quickly decimate yeah. the, the planet. Like worse than a Dalek. Yeah, or, you like know, it's insane. Like just a may take a little longer, but a ravenous, like non unstoppable force. Yeah. And what can you? How can you stop it when it can eat through everything? Do they have force fields? Or like, don't, I, couldn't I, they surround it with like a meat cage? I yeah, maybe yeah. That's it. Like, Put it in meat. Roll it up like a like a kebab. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like a pating snack That's pack. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a, a way. Pating dim sim. Yeah, Sorry. a little pating dim sim. Bit yeah. of sweet and sour sauce. Delicious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's because essentially it is the most powerful creature ever in the world. It's very overpowered. Um, but yeah, if it doesn't want to do anything intentional. Intentional, but but it will affect things. By the end of the episode, we're to, we're given to understand that it's just like a a, a rat or something that that, yeah. that is attracted to things. But at the beginning of the episode, it absolutely acts with intent, and it acts in the creepy way that in Midnight, um, that yes. Doctor Who episode where I think Donna just spends the whole time on the banana lounge, and That's, the Doctor yeah. has this crazy intense adventure, <laughs> and she's like, "Are you?" Right, are we going now? Um, I like Donna. I'm just trying to do her accent. That's not right. trying to be mean. But uh, the, the midnight where the thing kind of comes in and everyone can sense it's there, but you never know what it is. And mm. then it just possesses people. Yes. And, it's, and it had that feeling to it. It was like, oh, my God, there's something in the walls. There's something crawling around. Yes. We can hear it. Um, and it had this like, oh, what is it? What is it? 
and then it's this little cute little chubby monster and I was like okay well yeah I wasn't disappointed but it it it, and again as you say inverted what you were expecting it to be like alien or something sure but it didn't it didn't go far enough like there wasn't the scene of everyone being what is it oh my god and then it, it comes out and everyone reacts as if it's still a scary monster and it's not it's a tiny cute little ball thing yeah you know, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. should have reacted more to that. Should have had a bit of a... There should have oh, been a doctor going, oh, and then it can do the rah, and then they're like, oh, wait, still scary, right? But they don't. They, they don't actually do that And in all episode. it did was it ate her Sonic, but then it coughed it back up, and the Sonic can reboot. And the Sonic was fine. So again, because when it ate the Sonic, I went, oh, shit, she's lost the Sonic again. Yeah, yeah I was she like, gonna have oh, to wow, this is amazing. Nope. Came back. Like, nope, I think you're fine. really right on that track there. I wish I'd put that into my recaps, Stu. I think you should write them. But yeah, the, <laughs> the stakes... Well, as an improviser, that's what we um, try to do when you're doing a scene. The idea is you're supposed to make things matter, to have yes. consequences, to have uh, Absolutely. what could happen, and then to take things off the boil and go, "Oh no, it's fine." Hmm. Like if you don't take, if you don't get this heart to the next room, the patient will die, and you're like, "Oh, they already died. It's fine." Like you just take yeah, all the wind you are out of undercutting yeah. every single like piece of dramatic tension that's in the episode. Right. It's so strange. And it feels, it's not something that you can necessarily articulate. It's just something you feel. That's right. When you're watching the episode, you're like, ah, this this should be. And this is the thing, like even towards the end of the episode, I really enjoyed how they kept ratcheting up the tension, which, you know, like the, the general has like this weird disease that stops her from being a pilot, but now she's yeah. going to be a pilot one last time. Great stuff. Uh, the, the guys are trying to help the guy give birth, like that's great stuff. But again, if and it had been more, between those two if it things. had been more, like if the if the little monster had gone around the birthing and sort of taken yeah, a few things, the, they, the monster never threatens the birthing no, area. Which, no, I and mean, it wouldn't have threatened the baby. It has to do that once. It, it has to do that yeah. at least once. There has to be at least one time where it's like, oh, it's threatening the birthing area. We have to distract it away from from that. Yeah, it never does that. They're just there going, it's okay. Yeah, his head it's just a separate thing. It's so strange. But just things like that. Yeah. Things like that where you're like, oh, it's still fine, but it's, mm, it's... And, like, the thing is, I enjoyed watching this episode. I thought it was a really fun, like, enjoyable episode to watch. But at the end of it, I was like, I feel like I ate a really big fast food meal. <laughs> and I don't feel nourished. I don't feel like this was a good episode. It was fine. Fine? Yeah. yeah. It was... Fine with an upward inflection. Yeah, fine question mark, <laughs> appropriately. Uh, I So just to, again, we got distracted again from talking about the plots. The, yes, plot, is, the plot is, no, that's all right. The plot <laughs> is essentially monster jumps on board. We immediately lose one character who, I, as soon as he said, I've done 37 tours, don't worry, I've got this. And I was like, oh, you're dead, <laughs> you're unfortunately. Dead, yes. Um, and you see the way that the doctor gets people's immediate trust. Hmm. You see the way that she kind of tries to put herself in the danger instead of other people. Yes. All good stuff. And then Yaz... And how this guy is actually putting himself in danger instead and how that endears him to the doctor. Yes. And um, I did like that stuff about you're a bad liar. You're a bad liar. Atlos or whatever his name. Astos. Astos. Asbestos. And... Asos. Asos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and then Mably, who was the Scottish uh, nurse, had to kind of step up and yes. and show her place. But and she had a sort of a suitable amount of grief when she was like, "Oh God, he's the only one who believed in me." But they didn't have enough of a relationship to really understand. Yeah, we hadn't seen enough of them together. Yeah, he, and I don't I don't necessarily hate that. I don't hate the idea of killing off a character early. No, no, not at all. But but why was his message he, so? Once he's gone, he's gone yeah. and they never mention him again and again this leads into my um thing about is this doctor slightly more complacent about death but as i say in my recap mm. is that just me thinking about because i just i don't know maybe it's just something that i'm feeling maybe it's something that's not backed up by evidence but it's um you know that um what do you call it when you planted something in your mind that wasn't there the um something effect it's like when inception no no um <laughs> What, like a Mandela effect. Yes. So pe- yeah, sorry, people yeah. think that Nelson Mandela died or people think yeah. that there was a movie well, he, called... He has now. He has now, but before then. Yeah. Um, people <laughs> think that uh, Kazam was a movie with... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ice Cube or Ice T... Or one of those guys. No, no, with, um, with Shaq, but it was No, Shaq was Shaq in a was, movie oh, called okay. Shazam. Right. Yeah. But people think that... Oh, my God! 
guest podcaster. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Chloe Giants Bane. Hi, <gasps> Chloe. Oh no, I just made her cry. <gasps> hey, Chloe. Get a smile. Maybe it's bedtime for you, Chloe. Oh, she's yawning. You're a sleepy bobo. What's the matter? Hey. Hey. Come on, come on, come on. This is Chloe's legitimate criticism of Doctor Who. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen, but that was a very beautiful interruption from the gorgeous Chloe Giant Spain, who yes. came to say goodnight to her she papa. She did. Yes. Yeah, she's so cute. You might be able to hear her in the background. She does not <laughs> want to go to sleep. No, she doesn't. She hates going to sleep. Oh. Uh, not because I've been showing her episodes of Doctor Who, just that's just how she is. <laughs> I must stay up with all the cool people. That's it. <laughs> I'm a bit like that at the moment too. I need to get into a better sleep cycle. Maybe I need to like just come here and you guys can put me down at night and be like there, there. <laughs> yeah we've got a lot of we've got a lot of, practice. Got a lot of practice yeah, yeah. we'll give you yeah. some milk and sing me a little lullaby yeah, rock you to sleep it's Aww. all good yeah. oh that sounds really nice <laughs> thanks guys will you be here in the morning still <laughs> I draw the line of the adult diaper though that's not going to happen so. oh come on Stu what's we talked about this <laughs> I just really hope that I don't end up in the position of needing adult diapers <laughs> You know when you think about all the things that can happen? Yeah. You know? Like, look, yep. I appreciate that there's certain things that happen that loosen when you get older, but I'm just really hoping mm. to maintain. I should do more, like, pelvic floor exercises mm. to try and preserve all Kegels, that stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which, again, getting back to why the guy had got to have a pain-free birth. Because totally. I felt offended on behalf of yes. all of the women out there who were watching going, so he gets to have a pregnancy in one week and then it's all over with without too much of a, <laughs> too much damage. Uh, I'm sorry. That but, seems easy. But I also wanted to point out, it's the second time in a row this series where we've seen an alien, in scare quotes, species that looks exactly like a human. Yeah, which, didn't they call him a Gifton? Or a yeah, Gif- he's not a human. He was Ginger, so which, of course he's alien and strange. Exactly, yeah, but. that's right, exactly. <laughs> oh, Ginger jokes. The last remaining discrimination. Yes. That, I'm that'll just age, That'll age terribly in 50 years. I know. Anyway. I love gingers. I wish I was one. I tried many years to attempt to be one. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like, oh, no, Natalie, you've got red hair, don't you? And I'm like, no, no, no I don't. <laughs> I just used a lot of Napro Live color in the late 90s. And <laughs> it's stuck. Yeah. That stuff does it's not in, wash out. It's embedded in there. Right in it's there. It's part of me now. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the, yes, so Mandela Effect. Yes. Is what I was saying. Yes, you were. About something. But about I things that... <laughs> well, when you embed something in your in your brain that you think was there, but... Yes, so yeah. I feel like perhaps this doctor is not as sort of grief-stricken when people die. I feel... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I just feel like previous doctors had more angst. Maybe I've just mm. seen too many gifs or gifs. Of doctors like looking sad, doing the rounds or angry. Yeah, that's true. This doctor just seems to be like, oh, he died. I'm really sorry, but, you know, we have to push forward. But then I was thinking about it going, is that me? Am I internalizing messages from the patriarchy that women are supposed to be caring and upset? You know, am I doing a Madeleine McCann parents thing here? Am I doing <laughs> Am I doing a Lindy Chamberlain, you know, when it's like, oh, she must have done it because she didn't cry. And it's like, oh, I'm thinking about those messages that I'm internalizing. And thinking maybe it is me. Maybe I'm, maybe this doctor is just going, look, someone's died. We can't do anything about it. We need to move on. I think that's definitely what is happening. Mm. But um, is it a deliberate inversion or is it something that I'm interpreting from the text? I think it's a <laughs> to deliberate... Quote, <laughs> to quote my uh, first year signs and signifiers yes, course. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't think they're deliberately doing it because she's a woman. I think they've decided that her doctor is a... The type of doctor who will be very sad that someone died, but is a no-nonsense... Okay, but how do we fix this? Mm. That but seems to be the characterization. The way that she declared herself in the first episode was like, you know, I'm a traveler. If I can stop and help, I'll help where I can. It's very much yeah. this transient, I'm just here to help. I'm just here to help. To me, just passing there, through. To me, there feels like there is something there of a an arm's length. Yeah. And that's, and that's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. characterization. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying that's what I've been feeling, no, but totally, I don't know yeah, if it's yeah. me or if it's something actually there. So I'm interested in other people's opinions. I think it definitely, you're definitely keying in on something that 
is in the is okay. in the show. I, I think it's deliberate. I think okay. they're, they're, that's how that's what this doctor is like. Mm. But you're right because I had a weird moment towards the start when she's sort of facing off against the um, Assos or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, there was a weird moment where he's being a bit of a cocky dude hero character, and she kind of backs down, and it makes sense. But in that moment, I was like, "Oh, is she doing that because she's a girl now?" Like, I don't. What, yeah. what's, what's that all about? That's weird. Just felt weird. Well, he was doing. I've been trying to tell you. You need to settle down. But I just, I kind of thought it but was. But he her. says you're not used to people telling you what to do, are you? Right? And she, and she went, "No, not really." Like, and I'm like, oh, oh. that feels really, that feels really weird." When now the doctor's a girl. Yeah, that's that weird. is interesting. That's interesting because yeah. it is interesting when you flip stuff. Like I'm, um, you know, there's a lot more gender bending uh, happening in roles and theatre and stuff like that, which is always fun, yeah, always yeah, good yeah. to explore. But there's this show that does the round in Brisbane that's a really, really good show where they gender flip sort of musical cabaret songs. Mm. So they have female performers perform traditionally male songs and vice versa. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun and it's, you know, sexy and raunchy and they have lots of very sexy singers and dancers in sexy. Sure. It's, it's very sexy. Um, but the first time I saw it, which was a few years ago, they did the, uh, the tango from Chicago, the prison, t- the jailhouse yeah, the, tango. Yeah, the jailhouse tango, yeah. Yeah. And that's all about these wronged women who've been betrayed by men. <gasps> oh, yeah, I just realised. And the lyrics are, you know, yeah, she he, had had it, it he had it coming, he had it coming. Oh. And then they had, like, dudes do it as the end of the first half. And Yikes. it really didn't translate. Oh, no, I bet. Well, yeah, like, for me, I was just rough. sitting there going, it's just because they were doing, like, the fist punching so, in yeah. the hands. And so there was all this stuff layered onto it that oh. didn't that they didn't mean in any kind of way. No, totally. But I mean, but that's, yeah, absolutely. Just watching it, I was like, oh, this is a bit, oh dear. And I don't know if they still do that. I haven't seen the show again since, I don't think. Not because of that, but just reasons. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, I think sometimes the gender flipping works and sometimes it can, it, there is a history there. There is a... Well, it, it, it provides meaning that isn't there otherwise. Yeah, there's a context. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and that you go, oh, okay. And... You know, I read an interesting take about um, Romeo and Juliet where a certain company in uh, the UK had had a production where, where Mercutio was a woman. So Romeo's oh. kind of offsider, drug-taking, kind of crazy uh, character, mm. like, let's go do this, yeah, a bit unhinged, that sort of thing, was uh, a woman. And that's all very well and fine, but this reviewer was saying but the character of Mercutio is a kind of example of like Romeo, they're 16, 17 year old young mm. men wanting to show off around town. It's kind of a, when you look at the text, it's sort of about toxic masculinity, essentially yeah, like absolutely. these jumped up young guys. And so to have a place of woman in there doing that undercuts what that message of, of those characters, that mm. these guys are just putting ahead, like looking good and looking cool over and f- carrying out feuds over, what's actually you that's know, it, yeah. going on. So, and, and that's not saying that women can't be jumped up and all this sort of stuff, but no, totally. But, but in, when they are, it, it's a different, it's a different meaning. Thing. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So I think that, um, you know, gender flipping is a fun thing to explore, but I think that it can have unintended consequences if you're not really careful about, if for example, you change the gender of a long running science fiction, uh, main character. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and, and something I'm just, re- I'm just, I'm just realizing this this second. Is this whole episode a commentary on like the Doctor being a woman now? In what sense? Well, like, I just like everything about this episode is gender flipped. Well, yes, but at the same time, there's kind of equality there as well. Well, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It just like it just occurred to me that that might have been like a stealth commentary on the doctor being a woman now but i don't know how that tracks then i mean the, the whole the season episode. is a commentary on well sure yeah on the doctor being mm. a woman now there's no way they could avoid that no um <laughs> we can but find they have, meaning they in have it, but... largely not dealt with it no but as you say there's going to be moments where you go oh that seemed a bit strange because she's a mm, woman now yeah, that seemed a bit yeah, yeah. that seemed a bit more macho because she's a woman whereas if the guy had been equally macho the doctor's constantly going up against macho dudes going put your guns away which is another reason well, why it was interesting that the doctor had a bit of a fangirl moment over general eve cicero well that's what i actually really liked that i i liked that there was this character and, and- you contrast it to like something like Rosa Parks, where we have all of the context for who Rosa Parks mm. is, 
and the Doctor has a little fangirl moment. Oh, rules of parts. Love rules of parts. It's necessary in the script to sure. illuminate why she's important, why she's heroic, but, why she's But she that's matters. right. Like, like, this person is a person like Rosa Parks. Not, not specifically like what Rosa Parks did, but she's a, in capital she's letters, historical rights. character. Yes, true. But she you know? also is a general and a soldier. And traditionally, the Doctor tends to be quite wary of soldiers and... Oh, the Brigadier. That's what I mean. Apart yeah. from the Brigadier, <laughs> he's still wary of units. Like, remember in all That's the true. tenant unit yeah, stuff yeah. and Matt Smith is always like, oh, unit, oh, no guns, you know. Yeah. So, they, it, it, it just seemed a little odd. And then the Doctor was really weirdly coy when she said, oh, I've read about you. Don't you have a chapter in this book of celebrants? Is that a thing? Have you ever heard of that I before? I haven't heard of that before, no. I was like, book I wonder of if celebrants? that's a little bit of who law that Chibnall's sort of sprinkling Maybe, in Maybe, but I didn't know if it was celebrants, like, like wedding celebrants. <laughs> like, is the doctor available to... That's it. <laughs> you know, fly you to New Zealand I'm and sure that I'm sure if you ask the doctor, would officiate at your wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Um, turn up in the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Indeed. As we learned. Um, but, it, it, so the doctor is all like, oh no, everyone has a name. A doctor's a very common name. Oh no, it's fine. And then turns around and walks out of the room then walks back in clasping her stomach going actually it was a volume there was a whole volume written on me i was like well, why is the doctor coy all of a sudden is that well, was she decide going oh no it's fine and then going no wait i better but it wasn't like she said actually there was a volume i, I just really? thought that she could have gone yes there was a whole volume on me or i'm yeah. i'm chapters 18 through 750 or <laughs> something like that again there seems to be like undermining yes that, that, of, and, and, and of that's what the, the stakes are that one felt a bit more doctory to me in the sense that like I could see like Matt Smith or, or David Tennant doing that scene basically word for word. Like I could see that playing out. But again, it's the writing. It's it's that thing where it's why do it that way? Like there's mm. other ways of doing that same joke that are better. Yeah. <laughs> that are way better. There and- was another one that just things that, that strike me as odd. Um, the, G- 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 Graham saying, don't worry, I've watched all of Call the Midwife and yeah. uh, to deliver this baby. Yes, yeah, and yeah. then someone says, oh, he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not looking at I that. Didn't watch said, I thought you watched, or- I turned my eyes off at the sticky bit, the weird bits. And I was like, but this is going to be weird. You know that it's a birth. It's going to be a squishy bit. So why are you acting all comp? Like it was a weird... Like, why yeah, say that? I, or why not go, I didn't, it, it was it was Grace who watched all of Call the Midwives, not me, or um, that's all right. Grace used to watch Call the Midwives. I'm sure I learned something and then wait, oh, I didn't watch those bits. Like, it's just something yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Something about the, the it, writing, it the delivery. Tweaking? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, all of these scripts feel like they needed one more pass, like just to tighten them up. Yeah, same with Punch last week jokes. where there are a few a few lines about the spiders and we talked about yeah. that, that were just a bit. Ah, I get, I get it, but also <laughs> it seems like someone's put Vaseline over the lens and it's just blurring the yeah, joke a bit, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. It's not quite... Exactly. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was... I, I get that that was supposed to be a joke and it, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, As like, opposed to... It's like a little, huh, huh, yeah. funny. As opposed to, ha, 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 yeah. that was really funny. That's just what I'm getting and maybe that's just because I, uh, you know, in my... <sighs> I'm going to sound like a wanker, but like doing theater and comedy and impro and writing, you know, I'm obsessed with timing, particularly in, in, you know, the show that we're doing at the moment, Love, Hate Actually, which is coming to Ipswich on the 17th of November, followed by a run at the Wonderland Festival at the Brisbane Powerhouse. Just look up facebook.com slash actreactheater for more and you can get tickets and please come. Seriously, if you're in Ipswich, (laughs) if you're in Ipswich or around Ipswich, if you're in Toowoomba, you can drive to Ipswich. It's not that far. Come and see my show. It's really good, but you will see what I mean by like we worked really hard to get our timings right yes. so that jokes work absolutely based on when you pause and when you deliver a punchline and how you say it. Totally, yeah. yeah. There are jokes that don't work if you say it in a different way, and that's but, but uh, yeah, and a lot of jokes are like that. And like, so that's yeah. why I feel like these jokes—they're jokes, but they're just not quite as sharp as quite they could be. Getting there, yeah, like something about the delivery or the even just the writing. The direction, maybe, like, and I wonder if that's because Chris Chibnall, but he's always written for Doctor Who, hasn't he? For years, he's done an episode. He was never my favorite writer. Oh, okay. This is the thing, like, like when when Moffat was set to take over from Russell T Davies, all the Moffat episodes had been the best episodes. Yeah. Right, and then it's like, oh, he's going to take over. Great, and then you know, for better or worse, like we got everything Moffat, so all the good stuff, all of his weird ticks as a writer as well. 
Like there's there's some bad stuff in there as well, but we got a lot of it and we got a lot of great episodes out of it. Mm. I was never like when Chris Chibnall wrote episodes of Doctor Who, it was never like, oh, that's one of my top 10. Yeah, I couldn't you know? even tell you one, I think. No, was... I think he wrote, he wrote like, yeah, well, he wrote Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Oh, God. Which I had several problems with. Which is insane because it's such a great premise. And again, this is, we run into this thing where amazing premise. On a spaceship. Like, you know, incredible, like pretty good cast. Like everything sort of works about that episode. Except there's one or two things that really bug me. Including the fact that the Doctor straight up murders a guy at the end of it. He what just was that? He just kills the bad guy at the end of it. That's the one where uh, it was actually um, the guy who and uh, uh, whose name escapes me briefly, but who ended up playing the first Doctor. Um, oh yeah, William, uh, um, the William Hartnell, William, the, David Bradley. David Bradley is in that. Walter Frey. Walter Frey is in it as the bad guy. That's right. He's um, the traitor. He's like a weird like, junk traitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, the Doctor rigs it so that the missiles blow him up. Like that's the Doctor's solution. Well, is that the he Doctor blows him never pretended missiles. to be Batman. No, but, well, uh, yeah, yes and no. There, I think there's a fine line there. Like, the Doctor presses a button and missiles fire at the ship. Yeah. You know, like... Speaking of Batman, can I just mention... <laughs> I'm uh, always happy to talk about Batman. Some, well, some weeks ago, possibly mm. our first podcast, I can't remember, mm. but I mentioned... No, it was during a live chat. It may not even be, because I don't even know. Your friend, Aaron Doyle, friend yes. of the show. Friend of the show. I don't know that he's ever listened because he doesn't watch Game of Thrones. So I don't know if he's ever listened to the podcast. He, but I, I think he might have started watching. He might have started listening now. Because oh, has he? he does watch so he might hear this. Okay. He might hear this. Well, I should give him I'll credit. I'll let him know that he's mentioned. Because he turned up, very kindly came to see an impro show that I did a couple of weeks ago. And he brought this present for me because it had been my birthday. Oh, okay. And I opened it up and there was... <laughs> A framed picture of you know we were talking about Batman getting his wang out on in a in a comic. Yes, and he he's he like had a framed, framed picture. A picture and put like text in it or something and like zoomed in <laughs> and I opened it and I just started laughing and laughing. It was hilarious. So it is it is at my house. Yeah, uh, you have a, a framed picture of that a framed panel. picture Excellent. of like the two panels yes. where you can kind of see Batman's wang, yeah. and that's what Aaron did for me as a birthday present. And it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine. Yeah, I yeah. laughed. I laughed. I laughed because he, he heard me saying that on a live chat or something <laughs> where we said, that hey, was, that was a I'd like chat. to get a, co- yep. a framed version of Batman's wang. And he made it happen. He made it happen. And now I have to deal with that. <laughs> yep. And now you have that in your life. So all I'm saying is if he's listening, because remember we have started, we need to do the starfish, Doctor Who and the oh, Attack do, of the yes. Starfish or yes. whatever we're doing. So we need to think up another plot element for that, <laughs> inspired by this week's show. Ah, okay. Is that, what, so, is that the conceit that we're doing? Well, that's what we were doing last week because it was okay. Giant Spiders. Sure. So we were inspired yeah. to have Starfish. Absolutely. Okay. From the Giant Spiders. So we need to come up with something that is related to, should it be set on a spaceship? Should it be Starfish on a spaceship? Maybe. Yeah. Jefferson Starfish. <laughs> there it is. Starship. Yes. <laughs> Starship Jefferson's. Starfish <laughs> is the name of the ship. Jefferson Starship Starfish. No, just Jefferson Starfish. That's Jefferson the name. Starfish. So the villain is the Starfish and his name is Jefferson, Jefferson his Starfish. His name is Jefferson Starfish. Yes. And I think I've now said Jefferson Starship <laughs> or Starfish so many times it's losing all meaning. You know, yes. when you say words, mm. you can just say hello long enough and you're like, hello, 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 hello. And you're like, what is this weird sound that I'm making? <laughs> Right, Jefferson Starfish. I like yep. that. I'm noting that down. Making that's, note of that. That's yep. going in the... Absolutely. Um, so, Aaron, if you are listening, Doyle, uh, and I don't know, does Starfish have wangs? Don't answer that question <laughs> because <laughs> he will produce an image sure. and put it on the Facebook page for everyone to see and then I'll get in trouble from Facebook for posting uh, content, adults <laughs> content. Uh, but, yeah, so Jefferson Starfish, so he's going to be the villain and I don't know, does he eat energy like this one's or does maybe, uh, may, well, maybe they, yeah. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Mm, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We've still got another five episodes. Is it 10 episodes? Uh, another five. Yeah. 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 So, so we've got we're it, halfway we're, through. We're, we're, we're halfway through the season and we've already developed the fact that it's going to be a giant starfish and his name <laughs> is Jefferson Starfish. <laughs> Inspired by the spaceship of this episode. Yeah. So we're getting there. We're going to, we're going to build this thing out over the next totally. five weeks. Um, <laughs> We're, all, it's all made up on the spot. That's it. We're not scripting this podcast at all. <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks that. No. <laughs> you would have to be. Can you imagine? 
doing a scripted podcast about a show where we <laughs> and to make it sound like it's actually not scripted yeah that's very difficult that is very difficult i would say impossible um i'm just getting a look at some of the other questions that i had in my recap yes that i brought up yes we mentioned the dying oh jody whitaker's expositions you mentioned this last week yes yeah exactly and, and i really noticed it oh it's, it was pretty bad this week and uh, she's like look in delivers this like five minute love letter to the large hadron collider yeah and there was a lot of tying in with yaz going we did that in school and it's like which is my other question swinging is, for the fences with the kids and is, it's like kids can smell that a mile off like but is that i really feel like is yaz's role in the show because she helped a bit she helped zap this bot yeah. Um, and zap the, not the bot, zap the little chubby. Zap, dude, zap the, the pating. The pating. Picked it up. Wrap it up like wrap a burrito. It up thing and then threw it somewhere? Well, kicked it. Oh, yeah, like, drop kicked it. Yeah, drop kicked it and said something about. Something like, about football. Football, was football it, reference. Yeah. I don't know, out of my head. Football reference. But, like, where did it go? Because then they had to lure it back out again with the. With the well, bomb. I mean, it got free, but that's, that's, again, like, it's just that thing where it's like. Okay, we figure it got free, and then it ran off. Like it just stopped Wouldn't trying it go to get back. To the, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing it's after. It would want to go back to the anti man again with the undercutting. Yeah, like so that's that's its main objective because it wants to get to the antimatter yeah. room. It never tries to go back there again. Very strange. So weird. Yeah. Um. But Yaz, she did it in the Rosa episode, and I'm sure she did something about spiders. Mm. Um, or maybe that was where she like else, gives out a little fact or something or that she learned. Is she or... the is she the like stay in school kids and she's like <laughs> well oh, she we... well she is a cop and she's like, you know they're only <laughs> supposed to be about twenty or so yes um but she really hasn't had a huge amount to do and this episode she was kind of like oh we learnt about that at school isn't that CERN and yeah yeah it, it, that that just it sort just of led... fell there. yeah and and I I. I feel like she's the, the who who am I thinking of the and yet maybe and again which is we have to we're not kids so maybe we're that's not kids, helpful maybe this is playing really well to because Doctor Who's a family show Fam- oh see we, we that's, forget that that's what that's what adult this. nerds say when they don't want to say it's a kids show <laughs> is that no, it's a family it is, show it's meant to be something you're in a family show it's meant to be but your kid's not watching it <laughs> she she is sometimes. <laughs> I'll sit her on my knee. She likes to watch the colours and the bright lights. True, true, true. Yeah. True. But, you know, it is a family show. It's meant to be something that, like, mum, dad and the kids can all watch yes. and all get something out of. And there's very few shows like that anymore. Mm. And it's a very fine balancing act of making things scary but not too scary, smart but not too smart, mm-hmm. you know, uh, funny but, you know, with humour that will play to multiple age ranges and, and styles. It's a tightrope walk and sometimes you fall off. And I think this season has been really teetering. And I think that they've, they've had a big focus, rightly or wrongly, on getting back to the roots of Doctor Who as a bit of an educational program. Because every single episode has had something in it that's like a little cool fact, like mm. a science fact or something mm. in it. Or a history fact with Rosa yeah. Parks. And it's like... But the way she's delivering them, I I'm I see what you mean but now yeah, when yeah. I was looking for it. Absolutely. She, she she has trouble with exposition scenes. Everyone just seems to stand around and let her deliver these. Yeah. Things. And then and what I didn't like was, again, with the undercutting, the way that Dirkus. <laughs> is that his actual name? That was name? his name, Dirkus. I missed that, but okay. Right. And all I can think of is... um. Team America World Police. Like, And I, he said, and she's talking up this thing as being an object of beauty and magnificence and mm. showing how anti, you know, Hadron Colliders can be made portable. They can power ships and it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. And he goes, oh, and this is just a bit of a shit one, really. <laughs> like, this is old and shit. And then she goes, but I love it physically and, or literally and here right that, now it was that like like i was with it right up until that line i was yeah. like well what those does two that lines mean? those two lines i was like why do you undercut and go, she's going so fantastic you just, it's like look i'm the kind of person that people will pay me a compliment and then i go oh i was really shit actually and people <laughs> go oh thanks i just paid you a compliment and they throw it back in my face like 
that's how I felt about that. And I realized how annoying I must be (laughs) because I'm a horrible person. Yes. But she's saying, isn't this great? Is this amazing feat of engineering? And then the engineer goes, oh, it's a bit shit. Like, yeah, a bit, bit old. And, but yeah. But again, like that moment could have been and done. Could, it's and the it has iPhone of CERN. Yes. It's the, yeah. uh, do you understand? It's an yes. iPhone. Is everyone on the same page? Is everyone, yeah. We, we, we've given you a relatable, very 20, relatable. 2018 reference that's to right. explain what's on mm. screen right now. Okay, great. Moving mm. on. Mm. Yeah. And it's that's so weird. It's just this thing where they have to explain everything, except the bits that would actually be really good to be explained, yes. which they never do. It's very weird. Very, very strange. But I, I do, I'm interested too in whether that's a writing thing or whether that's a Jodie Whittaker just never looking very comfortable with them or... I think it's a bit not, of both. I think it's a bit off. of both. I think you can, I think if you had someone who can really sell those scenes, it wouldn't matter that the writing's a bit clunky. They could make it work. I think Jodie Whittaker struggles with exposition scenes and she's not being given very good ones. So... We're just getting these scenes that just kind of clang. Mm. They, they, they hit with a dull thud and it, it kind of, like they, they bring the episode to a stop every time they happen. Cause you're like, it oh, do- okay. yeah, it, it yep. stops the momentum because yeah, we're, yeah. we're explaining something now. Okay, good. Yep. Done. Was Great. this what okay, it was like on. during William Hartnell's era? Would that's he just what, sit and I mean, go, yeah. I mean, the Roman Empire lasted from well, they kind of did. 65 BC. But that's not what people loved about the show. Like, I, I don't, if this is a deliberate attempt to ape, like, that aspect of earlier, like, who, I, mm. it's a misguided attempt. That's not what people liked about that. Mm. It's very strange. Like, there's a reason they did away with, the educational aspects of <laughs> Doctor Who very quickly. We don't want to educate you. Nope. There's no nothing to be made in education. It's bonkers to think like back in, in William Hartnell's like run, they would they would have an episode where there were no aliens or space monsters or anything. It would just be they show up in history and now there's a historical thing happening. See, to me, that sounds like a great well, series because yeah. I'm a history nerd. <laughs> but everyone well, else should, seems to like watch... space monsters. Oh, I watch, the- it's like you can't watch old TV now. It's so weird to watch. You're like, I'm not comfortable. I can't. <laughs> this is odd. Like, have you old watched, movies? Have but- you ever watched um, like even the first episode? Like the the uh, an, an unearthly chart. Unearthly chart. It's a great title, actually. It is. It's very good. Uh, no. 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 Never I haven't. Have. No. Oh wow. I have. I really haven't watched a lot of classic Q. Hugh, classic Hugh. <laughs> I have watched a lot of classic Hugh Grant, you know, four weddings and a funeral. Yes, um, oh, but classic Who, um, mm. not so much. Bits of episodes here and there, but I couldn't tell you. Like I haven't seen those kind of legendary salute to the jugger type episodes. <laughs> which is a totally different thing. That's <laughs> not Doctor Who at all. Jugger. What am I thinking of? The Wrath of the Sharder, the, the 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 shadows of the the, the, the Genesis of the Daleks. Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah, that's something one. like that. Yeah, something sure. like that. Uh, yeah, the regeneration of the Daleks. There's some very good ones and there's some very bad ones. Yeah. Just like, just like the new series. Of but, course. Yeah. But I have seen the movie with Paul McGann because as oh, yes. we discussed last week, Crumpet. Yeah. Crumpet. Total, Total Crumpet. We, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> we're expressing things that we sharing, you know, just really putting things out there. All we're saying is Paul McGann, call us. Anytime. Anytime you like. Anytime. Um, we are getting to wrap up time, but I'm just trying to think. <laughs> so finally, like given that, you know, the plot as we started. Well, it was also the whole thing with the general, um, which. Oh, yeah. this With the brother? With, 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 yeah, the brother. What was the brother It was never explained there? why he was there. We don't know why. I was guess he the were, engineer on that ship they particularly? Were, or no, did I think he just... they were. I think they were traveling, but they don't sort of say that explicitly. They're just sort of there. Yeah. And what is the deal with her weird sex droid? Which is what he is. <laughs> As you say in your recap, he is at 100% a sex bot. What, what else would he be? Is it, okay, I'm glad like, I wasn't the only yeah, one getting that vibe. He's, oh. he's just like, I must protect you. She called him a clone drone or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and mm. I, he kind of had a bit of data from Star Trek and a yes. bit of all of the regular type of... All the, all the standard Android tropes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very serious. But he's out of service. He just dies because he's done his service. So he's yeah, like not even they a... Just, they, they just... It's like a... It's a single use. So he's a robot, not a cloned person. Oh, I don't know. Again, it's something that they don't really... Yeah, don't really say. Is it an Android or a, or a clone? 
like that a that is something clone? that I would quite like an explanation yeah. of, but no one gives an explanation in this episode. We don't know. Because I've in my recap kind of referred to him as similar as like Bender, but without the, you know, alcoholism <laughs> and joy. Um, but it, that was odd. And yeah, I just got this very much like, oh, that's it. Because I thought she said, instead of clone drone, I thought she said, this is my consort. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Unless I didn't, she did say that. I didn't initially it, I thought... pick up that he wasn't a person. Like, like I, I thought he was just like her offsider or something. And then halfway through they were like, oh, well, they, they said something about like the, the little nibbler thing, the Pating, yeah. uh, not eating organic matter. And they said, oh, well that's, you know, yeah. that, 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 that means we're all safe undercutting it again. Um, because they, they have no physical threat, but they, they make a mention of, oh, except for you, you're in trouble. But right? then why did they put him in front of guarding the... I only just thought of no, that now. No, no sense. I need to he's update the only my one, recap. He's the only one who is actually in danger, danger. in physical danger so from they this thing. put him in charge so they of... put him in charge of guarding <laughs> the very important thing that it cannot possibly get to. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> Natalie. And the thing is... Again, we have spent a solid hour just <laughs> pouring shit on this episode, but it was it's, still fine. It's fine. I had a good time. But as we say, keep saying, it's just so fine many, with upward inflection. So many questions, and it just didn't didn't work in a very deep and fundamental way. And I, yeah. it's it's so weird to sort of watch an episode like that where you walk away going, "I really enjoyed that," but I also think it wasn't very good. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it was crazy. And and also, finally, I'm not a physicist. Okay. Physicists, if you're listening, call in. <laughs> That's Greg, essentially. And other physicists, you're very welcome. Uh can a creature actually have the physiology to absorb an antimatter blast? Oh, look, I'm, I'm fine. You're in that. the don't care. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cute. I thought when he had his little fine. smile on his face and he was like, I'm finally happy. Yeah, yeah, I've he's got like, what I, I, I want. I got what I wanted. I thought that resolution was really clever in they that put it in the... the doctor figured out a way to solve both problems at once. Yes. But the execution was completely botched because we knew everything ahead of time going in. There was no tension. We're just waiting for the Pating to eat the bomb. And the doctor and Yaz are making like jokes See, I did Well, I didn't pick up that it was going to eat the bomb. Oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't pick that up initially. Maybe you picked that up earlier than I did. Well, um, the doctor says that that's what she's going to do. She says it. Like, she says she? it out loud. I'm pretty sure. Oh, unless, I missed that. Oh. Unless I'm, <laughs> and, it, unless look, I'm misremembering. I'm but not, I'm pretty look, sure she explains very thoroughly what she's going to do, and then she does the thing she said she would do. But how does she know it can absorb all that? Well, that's her working theory. Her working theory is that it, it's after energy, and oh, so right. therefore this, this bomb has the most energy of anything on the I ship. Just didn't, I just didn't think... For some reason, I didn't put it together in my head that it would eat that, though. That's weird, isn't it? I should have put that together, but I didn't. Well, she says, like, Look, it's, it's, it a the, it's a trap. It's a trap. This is a piece of cheese. But I thought it was going to blow up and blow... Like, I thought she was going to put it in the thing, the, the well, iPod exactly. with... Well, yeah, exactly. And, and blow it up, but I the didn't... The thing, shoot it off into space yes. and it would explode in space. That's right. That's what I thought was going. But, of course, if that's antimatter, it would probably suck the ship in with it. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Physicists, Who knows? call in. Call in, physicists. Um, but Tell again, us. again, a very clever, interesting way to finish, the, to resolve the two main threats of the episode. Yeah. It didn't feel clever or interesting. Okay. To me. Now, but do you think it was mm. a conundrum? Because that was one of my other things was, <laughs> it's called the Suranga <laughs> Conundrum. And it just made me think of the, well, some of the other episodes where they've had wacky names for things and yeah exactly and, like and saranga was just maybe menace. the name of the ship or the yeah. or the or was yes the, exactly and saranga was the name of the ship and so it wasn't really a con- it should have been the pating conundrum or yeah but i mean i get, I get what they're doing look, there. Like, it sounds yeah. like a doctor who episode but does more it, than though, i mean actually i i thought it sounded like a bit of a silly name really well, after watching the episode, I do think that. Yes. But I was like, oh, the Saranga conundrum. I thought it'd be like, because conundrum to me um, seems like a puzzle. Because when I was a kid, I remember getting like an Easter egg hunting book called the Easter egg conundrum or something. And you mm. had to solve puzzles. So conundrum in my head has always been linked to puzzle solving. And yes. so I get that in this case, it was how do you, when you're on a ship that you cannot 
radio for help because they will destroy destroy the ship because it's yeah. the only thing they can do. So how do you keep yourself alive and get rid of this vital creature? So yes, that is a puzzle. Hmm. But to me, I just it was more like the menace or the threat or the problem or the or the encounter, the ting, Sanangra ting encounter. encounter. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I get why they've called it conundrum, but that just feels like a really awkward word to use. Like, it's not. It's a problem or a or a or a, or a threat, menace. A men- uh, yeah, yeah, menace or. <laughs> But then the I team, suppose maybe menace. maybe menace gives away that oh it's a bad guy, but it's Doctor Who. There's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> like the, the Saranga menace sounds way more like a Doctor Who episode than the Saranga conundrum, or the menace on Saranga, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I yeah. don't know. It, it just I know it's yeah. a small thing. I no, know it's a small but, thing. But, but this episode just... is a bunch of small things that don't make sense. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah. As is my life, <laughs> so I shouldn't criticize too much. One thing I did like is that, um, is it the 67th century we're in yes. this time? I liked that we went to a time period that we haven't really been to. And the doctor yeah. even says, oh, I haven't spent a lot of time in the 67th right. century. I must, I must, I must come back here time. and learn how to be a neuro Which I think may, may be a bit of foreshadowing well, like to what we, what the doctor, like in, sim, in a similar way that the doctor in, his, in the early run of uh, uh, Davies' run spent a lot of time in the 51st century, I think, was a lot of the episodes. There was a lot of that satellite, satellite oh, nine, and all right. that was yeah, the fifty-first yeah. century, the yeah. third great and bountiful human empire, yes, that's all that sort right. of thing. So maybe the sixty-seventh century will be the Jodie Whittaker's Doctor's go-to time. A yeah, bit. you'd see some Apparently more. Apparently, it's a very aliens. good century. Gets a bit, gets a bit middly in the middle. It's, uh, turns out all right in the end. But that again, that's the kind of writing that I'm like, why no, say that? that? That was very doctory. I like that. I like that a lot, that line. They're so non-committal, all centuries. Have you seen the middle of the 20th century? <laughs> well, exactly. You know? I mean, of course, now everything's a bit crap, but... Well, this is the start of the 21st. Start of the 21st. Yeah. It's all starting a bit squiffy. <laughs> uh, we wish America all the best for their midterm <laughs> elections. That are starting to that happen is, as we record. As we record. We'll see how that works uh, out. You know, all fingers and toes crossed for you, America. <laughs> really, really pulling for Mr. Big 2020. Fun times over there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even if he is a heartless, demo- a heartless capitalist bastard. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. We yeah, we kind of... Over- oh, the one thing I was going to say, and I meant to put this in my recap, maybe I'll update it, but the whole neuropilot thing. I haven't seen Pacific Rim, but I was like, isn't this just Pacific Rim with the whole, like, you well, have to... You need two people in Pacific Rim. But in Rim. the end, they had to have two because That's she true. died. But apparently you need to train for six months or something. No, it was 10 years. 10 years. That's why, because the doctor couldn't do it, but then her brother could kind of step in and do it. Her brother's fine? Yeah, apparently I was fine. I suppose he's an engineer um, and his whole thing was she didn't trust him, but... Yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know. It felt a bit. He Jamie, said. He said. It felt a bit Jamie Cersei at the end, where she's like, "I never told you I loved you." He's like, he said, "I love you," and I'm like, "I, I saw that. I, I feel like you might be." I'm reaching, but it was funny, so I wrote you, it. Echoes, echoes of boat sex have don't. permeated through. Oh, and did you see? Let's let's finish on a Game <laughs> of Thrones note. Uh, echoes of boat sex, um, which is the name of my new album. <laughs> We haven't got a song yet for this episode. What's no, the? We, well, we haven't got a song. To well, it was go Jefferson. Out on. Jefferson Starfish. <gasps> yes, of course, <laughs> Jefferson Starfish. We will go out on something. Jefferson Starfish. Um, <laughs> Starship, fish. The Game of Thrones first image from season eight was oh, released. I haven't seen this. You haven't? No, I've been deliberately being. Uh, I'm, you'll get a live reaction here if you. Oh, uh, a live show reaction! Yeah. I posted on my page, Stu. When you're not following my page. Is that what's happening here, Stu? You're ignoring me. I'm an admin on your page. What are you talking about? I know. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> did you block me? Did you go in there and just turn it all off? Yes. So yes, Natalie. Yes. I'm this. sorry you had to find out this way. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, God. Facebook. <laughs> what did I... Oh, I was going to say, we, there was some Game of Thrones news just recently. Yes. Oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I have seen this. This yeah. is the Entertainment Weekly cover. Yeah. That's the um, first official image from which, you know, it's Jon well, Snow look, it's in a furry jo- cape. It's Jon Snow in a black coat. And Cuddling Daenerys in a Daenerys furry cape. Daenerys in a white coat, which is fine. In her awesome um, dragon riding yes. habit. But is it just me or is he looking a bit chunkier around the face? Yeah, it happens to the best of us. No, I'm not. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker, Stu. Also, he gets, to, just, he gets to really rug up, you know, like he's put, on, he's put on that winter weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. You know, um, maybe maybe Daenerys likes that. 
Just. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch all the booty. It's going to be hard, Stu. It's going to be really difficult. But, hey, we'll have our podcast next year to get we through sure it. We sure will. This is going to be oh, apparently be the fun. first half of nineteen of 2019. So, yeah. You know. Well, I was reading somewhere that apparently if they want to be in Emmy's contention next mm. year. Oh, okay. They need to start screening by the 21st of April. That, right. that was the, the best theory that I could find for the best date. Which sounds about right. They Yeah, they need yeah. to have started screening by that date to be an Emmy contention for the middle of next year. Otherwise, like they won all the Emmys this year for last year's season. So otherwise yeah. they won't win any until 2020 and they might want to sort of go out on a bang. But sure. having said that, I don't think that's going to force their hand if they're not ready. Oh, no, no. I, I think at this point, yeah. like they're going to do it when they're ready. When they want. Yeah. And hang, the are, Emmys will reward them in due course. The, yeah, whenever whenever they are ready to hand out those statues, they'll yeah. give them all of them. Yes, because uh, it has been like we'll get in, we'll get into it when we finally talk about this. But it has been an amazing show. But really, know. I hadn't noticed. Yeah, yeah, never watched it. Not no, a fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, very exciting Game of Thrones news coming up in my world, which I'm sizzling. <laughs> Um, so keep tuned to all the various pages. And, uh, yeah, if you are around Brisbane in November or Ipswich, please come and see Love, Hate, actually, if you made it this far. Um, well, we got people to post a starfish and a knocky last week. Yes. Should we get them to post if they've listened this far to the podcast? Because I really like this. Thank you had so a few much. People, yeah. Thank you so much if you have. We had a few people who did stay this long and post pictures of knocky. Um, maybe pictures of, like, really cute aliens. Yes. Just yeah, their yeah, yeah. favourite cute, because obviously Nibbler was the one yep. it reminded me, but Absolutely. maybe E.T. or yep. Stitch from Lala Stitch, the, but the, 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 cute the alien. alien. from The baby alien from Men in Black who throws up on Will Smith. Oh, yeah, or that pug dog from Men in Black. Sure. He's very yep. cute. Absolutely. So, um, yes, feel free to post on this uh, on the Facebook post of this episode <laughs> your favourite um, cute alien. Mm. And uh, please explain it if it's one that's a bit obscure, because... I don't know all the cute aliens. <laughs> and I'll be sitting there going, what? Um, apart from that, Stu, let's play the outro music now. Hey, hey. How good is this? So good. Oh, I'm I dancing. love a bit of Jefferson Starship. I'm dancing. Very trippy. <laughs> if we go with Jess- Jefferson Starship. Yeah, no, because Jefferson Airplane was the first model. So That's right, yeah. Jefferson Starship. Starship. In which case, it's some 80s bangers. Oh, yeah. Loving the sound. <laughs> we will see you next week for more Who's Raven On. Catch you later. See you then, guys. Bye.